0: The Jeff Dean Show on ESPN Tucson is brought to you by Desert Diamond Casinos. Desert Diamond is true Tucson. Tucson's only local morning sports talk show. The Jeff Dean Show starts
1: now. Good morning and welcome back to our number two of this Tuesday edition of the Jeff Dean Show here on December 14th. 2021, it is 8.02 on your Tucson morning. See, I told you, I promised you I'd be back quickly. There's top-of-the-hour breaks, just two minutes, and we come right back. I don't like to waste time. Just let's get right back into it. You're listening here uh, on ESPN Tucson, whether you're joining us on the AM side at 1490, on the FM side at 104.9, or if you're choosing to listen via the live stream, which you can find on ESPNTucson.com, we appreciate you. Also if you're listening somewhere magically in the future on a podcast where you can download from Stitcher, TuneIn, Audible, Amazon, Apple, all the places you get your uh, your podcast, uh, we appreciate you lo- deciding to essentially listen at your leisure to the uh, to the show as well. Thank you very much and uh, we appreciate all that you uh, all that you do for the show and uh appreciate your uh, patronage or listenership or whatever they want to call it, but uh, thank you. We we put a lot of work into this, and uh, we just try to put the best product out there that we possibly can. As Tucson's only local morning sports talk show, it's sometimes it's the only time of the day some of our uh, some of our listeners and some of our sports fans and members of the Tucson community get an opportunity to get their their sports news. So thank you for that. Let's jump right into things happening on campus, off campus, whatever. But everything has to do with what's going on on the campus at Arizona. Let's talk about some Arizona football right now because, yes, coming off a 1-11 season with their brand-new head coach, Jed Fish, and there have been plenty of players entering the transfer portal. Uh, Brian Castile or BJ Castile entered the entered the transfer portal last week. Uh, you know we've seen uh, Booby Curry he entered the the transfer portal, another wide receiver leaving the program. Stanley Berryhill declared for the NFL draft, leaving the program. You know there's been plenty of uh, plenty of that going on, and look the the transfer portal is just insane right now. There are was it five. Five of the top quarterbacks from the state of Arizona over the last, you know, few years are all in the transfer portal. Spencer Rattler and Keaton Slovis and Choba Purdy and, you know, all, I mean, all these guys that were big-time recruits out of the state of Arizona all in the transfer portal. Spencer Rattler went and signed with South Carolina. I was joking with my buddy. I'm like, Spencer Rattler signed at SC. I can't believe it. SC got Spencer Rattler. And he's like, what? I'm like, South Carolina. <laughs> yeah. So, that was fun. Uh, but regardless, Arizona is moving forward with – their early signing period and early signing day is this Wednesday. It's tomorrow. It's a big day for Arizona football, a big day all across the country, uh, the early signing period. And again, we don't know if the NCAA is going to make some adjustments to the early signing period. I think it's, it's a poor idea to be honest. I mean, I like the idea at first, but now that we see it uh, in practice, it's not working. It, it's causing a lot of problems regardless. This is what we have for this year. And, Jed Fish and his staff are putting together quite the recruiting class. Now, if we're just talking about verbal commitments, okay, and many of these are very, very strong verbal commitments, there are 17 of them for the 2022 recruiting class. Now, My, by my guesstimation right now, I believe the Wildcats have 28 roster openings or 28 uh, scholarship openings right now. So that would leave them with 11... Spots for, you know, transfers and also guys that are going to sign in February. Sign their NLI in February. That number, 28, could go up depending on, you know, who Arizona signs uh, tomorrow. So the 17 commitments that they have already gives Arizona the third-ranking class in the Pac-12 and the 34th-ranked class in the country, according to 247 Sports. If you're looking at rivals it's very close uh, i think they have arizona also third in the pack 12 but 38th nationally or 37th nationally i think maybe that was the, the near the most uh, recent uh, ranking uh, from rivals but if you look at the you look at the class that they've put together it is quite the class and it's there's a distinct possibility it could be getting a lot stronger tomorrow now a, 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 just a look at our current commitments like if you, if you want to go through and read uh, the article that Justin Spears posted on um, on the uh, Arizona Daily Star on their website on tucson.com, feel free. Uh, he put together a, a comprehensive list of all the recruits, everybody from uh, Kean Burnett to Noah Fafita to Sterling Lane to the newest uh, commitment that we had, Kevin Green, the the wide receiver that had been previously committed to USC. You know there are uh, plenty of, of you know pl- plenty of information on that particular uh, on that particular list, and I'm not going to sit here and go through them all. Um, I can tell you that Noah Fafita had er- just earned the offensive MVP honors for his league, which is really impressive because the league that uh, that Servite plays in is a really tough league with a lot of really good players in it. So for Noah Fafita to be the offensive uh, player, the offensive MVP of that league is quite impressive, maybe even more impressive was that Jacob Manu, the linebacker at Anaheim Servite and has been a commitment of Arizona for quite some time as well, was named the defensive mVP of that league and Jacob was a guy who doesn't have a whole lot of offers outside of arizona like you know he's got he's got nerd school offers like i mean and when i 'm talking nerd school, I mean like Dartmouth and Princeton and you know, places like that. Like, those are those are his offers, like his strongest offers right now outside of Arizona. He's a bit undersized. He came in a bit under the radar, but he shows out. Like, he plays hard, and that Anaheim Servite team was really, really good, and we all know about Keen Burnett, of course, the tight end. Now, that brings me to T. Tyroa McMillan. This has been the talk of the town. Basically, ever since he was offered and narrowed Arizona down as his one of his final two landing spots. It was between Arizona and Oregon. Now, we have discussed this time and time again. I have mentioned that Oregon was his dream school. He has tweeted out on his Twitter, on his Instagram, he's posted, you know, dream achieved, you, you know, when he got his offer from Oregon. I mean, this has been his, his end-all, be-all spot to go play college football for quite some time. He's always wanted to play at Oregon. Jed Fish and his staff have made a really strong effort to try to change his mind and get him to reverse course and come to Tucson. Now, some people have been making an even heavier charge at TMAC very publicly, very socially, trying to get him to switch back to Tucson to come and play with his brothers from Anaheim Servite, namely Noah Fafita's mother, who has been all over the social medias, uh, the last couple of weeks, and things have caught on. Now there are other recruits in this class. People, you know, parents of kids who didn't even play high school with uh, with T uh, uh, Tyrone McMillan with T Mac that are tweeting at him. We'll see you in Tucson. Kevin Green's dad. The, the, the latest uh, commitment, former uh, former USC commit, now committed to Arizona, expected to sign tomorrow. His father was starting to blow up Twitter yesterday with tweets about the one-two punch at wide receiver with Kevin Green and, and T-Mac. Uh, I, I mean, it's it's getting real thick out there. And I talked about this last week, how I, I actually feel bad for T. Tyrone McMillan. He is so highly sought after. And, look, this happens – you know, we're just getting a small glimpse of it here, our very myopic scope of recruiting practices here in the West Coast. You can only imagine what it must be like in the Midwest and in the South with big players from those areas um, and what those schools and their parents and such are doing. But we're getting a good look at it here with one particular player. And, I, I, you know, in a way, I kind of feel bad for the kid because he is just being torn in two directions. Not only is his dream school, I don't want to say falling apart, but – you know there's a lot of questions about Dan Lanning being hired as the head coach there like he has no head coaching experience and uh you know he's a defensive guy and he hasn't put together his staff yet and what is his staff going to look like this late in the process Mario Cristobal emptied the empty the cupboards as far as uh the the staff goes there're only a few guys remaining on staff uh at at Oregon that were there before and yet Arizona's class continues to get stronger and you know he is. He's got to be getting torn. Uh, it's got to be a very difficult time for for T Tyrone McMillan. Now, if you if you read the tea leaves, okay, if you're looking at the way some of these people are talking on these socials, whether it be Twitter, Instagram, or even some of the um, some of the like the, like the fan comment pages. I, I, I don't go to those very often. I just kind of get updates from a buddy of mine who hangs out on those things all day long. It, people are feeling pretty strongly about him reversing his commitment and signing at Arizona. Again, I don't want to... I'm not trying to put the cart before the horse here. I'm not trying to get people too excited for something that has not happened yet. We will... If and when he signs... We'll know, and then we can celebrate. Until then, he is still Oregon's guy. Now, let's focus on a couple of other guys that I think are going to raise some eyebrows here. There's been a a lot of movement on a particular player from uh, from Southern California. He's a four-star corner. He's been recruited by everybody. His name is Ephesians Prysock. Comes from a big family. Um, The family all has very, very unique names. I love it. Ephesians Priceock. He's a four-star corner from uh, Mission Hills, California. His offer list, which is massive, includes offers from Ohio State, from Arizona State, UCLA, USC, Notre Dame, Michigan, LSU, blah, 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 blah. I mean, the list goes on and on and on. He is a top-tier corner, Okay, one of the highest-rated guys uh, at, that, uh, at that position in the 2022 class. Now, Here's what makes things really interesting, and this is why I'm talking about uh, this young man, because he has a twin sister named Success. Success Price Sock is his twin sister and currently plays basketball at Mission Hills, uh, in Mission Hills at uh, Alamany High School, where they uh, they all attend school. Now, yesterday, last evening, uh, or rather, both Adia Barnes and Jed Fish were kind of tweeting and retweeting and giffing the dancing cacti. Uh, I didn't realize there were that many dancing cactus gifs out there, but Jed Fish has found them all, apparently. Um, or he's having them created. I don't know. Regardless, Jed Fish and Adia Barnes were both kind of celebrating something yesterday. Now, the reason this raises eyebrows to me is, you know, as people are trying to figure out, like, who is it? Is it is it Mac? Is it, you know, so-and-so? i think it's ephesians price sock for jed fish i think that we've gotten a commitment a silent commitment from price sock that he's going to sign tomorrow here's why because adia barnes was not celebrating jed fish and like hey, hey congratulations on getting a new commitment can't wait to see who it is there was a visitor on campus for era uh, for women's basketball this weekend in fact there was one visitor this weekend in tucson for women's basketball her name was success price sock adia also commented yesterday tweeted out that she has gotten a commitment over the weekend they only had one visitor it was ephesians price socks twin sister and from what i've been told they're a package deal like they wanted to attend school together which is why There was a heavy lean towards a place like UCLA that has a a good women's basketball program as well and was recruiting Success Price Sock also. Now, Success Price Sock, and we're going to talk about this coming up uh, a little bit later in the show when I get into women's basketball because they made a big splash yesterday as well in addition to some other things. Success Price Sock, although a good player, I think she's ranked number 65 in the state of California, currently is not really on par with what Adia Barnes is recruiting. Like, Adia Barnes is recruiting five-star players who are the number one players in their state and top 20 players in the entire country right now. Like, those those are the players that she's recruiting. Like, she's recruiting at, you know, Baylor, South Carolina, Tennessee, UConn levels right now. Like, she's getting the best of the best, which is why – a commitment from an offer to and a commitment from a success price sock, who is, is a good basketball player, but probably most likely to play at a middle of the road type of PAC 12 school, in my opinion. That's why this makes it very interesting that maybe, maybe Jed is going to owe Adia Barnes a favor here coming up. That's just kind of what I'm thinking. Like maybe she's like, all right, if they're a package deal, let me throw an offer out there and see if she's interested. And, of course, she'd be interested. Arizona's one of the best programs in the country, and you watch them play. They have a great time. And Adia Barnes is one of the most likable people on planet Earth. And she's also a phenomenal basketball coach. So there's a lot of good reasons why this young player, Success Price Sock, would want to come play for Adia Barnes at Arizona. They have the best crowds in the Pac-12. They have the best coach in the Pac-12 they played for a national championship last year they won the WNIT 2 years ago or yeah you know what i mean there wasn't a tournament 2 years ago but i digress so this may be a little bit of a tag team on a twin brother and twin sister which would be a huge look if if arizona can bring in priceock as a as a as a freshman corner like he's one of the top corners in the entire country like that's huge for arizona huge get so, look, again, I'm not trying to get people t- too hyped up here. I'm just trying to report the news, give my opinions, and, and g- give you some little snippets of things that I know and that I'm familiar with. Another guy that uh, Arizona may have gotten a commitment from, now it's not going to affect them this year because he's a 2023 uh, class uh, player, is Mateo Uyangalele, who, of, you know, of course, from the Uyangalele family down there in, uh, in SoCal, he is a, an edge rusher. He is one of the top-rated edge rushers. In fact, I think he's the number one edge rusher in the 2023 class. Uh, plays at St. John Bosco right now, of course. Uh, you know, that's where, that's where, you know, if you either play at Mater Day or you play at St. John, um, he has offers from everybody. And I, and I mean, like, if you're a Power 5 school that's won 10 games and gone to a playoff in the last decade, he has an offer from them. Alabama, Clemson, LSU, Notre Dame, Michigan, Ohio State, Iowa, Penn State, everybody. USC, every Pac-12 school is on him. I mean, everybody. Texas, Texas A&M, Florida, everybody has thrown this kid an offer. And something tells me that he's preferring to go to Arizona. I don't know what the connection is, whether it's Jordan Pow Pow or if it's uh, the new defensive coordinator, Johnny Nansen, jumping in there and swaying things. But this kid's interested. And if Arizona – like, again, I'm not. I'm trying not to get too excited here. I really not. Because like, if I get over my skis, that's, that's when things go bad for me. So I try to manage my expectations. And I, as I tell everyone every single day, manage your expectations. So I'm trying not to get over my skis here and get too excited. If a kid like this is interested in Arizona, just even interested, he just puts them on the list. Like, even if we're just in the top ten, if you see that block A amongst national championship, multiple national championship winning programs, you have to know that this, that, that this staff is doing things the right way. They're doing good things, that they are making a difference, something that we have not seen since Mike Stoops was recruiting here, Right? I mean, that, that was the, the best recruiting that we've had in decades was during the during the Stoops era. He worked hard. His staff worked really hard. Major majors, The biggest problem with Stoops and his staff was that he couldn't keep his assistants, right? They kept jumping for other jobs because they were successful. They were hitting the recruiting trail and making waves and then turning those players into good players on the field, and then they'd get gobbled up by a bigger program. So uh, just looking at some of these, like, if you had told me if you had told me after the territorial cup game in 2020, the one that didn't matter, the one that didn't count, and the one that actually did us a lot of favors, in my opinion, if you had told me following that game that within twenty or within 24 months that uh, that I, I'm not even not even 24 months, within 12 months, right? It was a year ago. 12 months. What am I, what am I thinking? I'm thinking two years ago. That within 12 months, Arizona would have the third-ranked class in the Pac-12, and a top-30 recruiting class in the country. And then depending on what happens tomorrow, those numbers could jump. They could be top-25. If, dude, if, if, TMAC, if TMAC and Prysoc both sign tomorrow, you're talking top-20 class for Arizona. Those are huge, huge gets. Huge. And you're talking probably the top-two class in the Pac-12. If you had told me that 12 months ago, after that game that we won't mention a whole lot, I would have, I, I, I don't know what names I would have called you. I don't know how hard I would have laughed at you. There's, it, it was, it's, you know, you have to rebuild this thing. It's going to take four years to do it. And look, just because they get these guys to sign doesn't mean they show up tomorrow and start winning football games for Arizona. It's not the way it works. Okay. These freshmen, regardless of how good they are, okay, it takes time, and you have to have good pieces around them. You know, if Bryce Young had come to play quarterback at Arizona, we're not playing for a national championship this year the way Alabama is. That's obvious, right? So it takes time to build up some, some things around them. But this is how you attract more talent. This is how you get the ball rolling. And when, I, when I'm thinking, you know, visualizing what that ball looks like right now that's rolling, it is a massive snowball that they have started. Like, they didn't start off with a little small, small, snowball and start kind of, like, edging it down the mountain. Like, Jed put together this big snowball, was like, yeah, that'll work. Like, you remember those big earth balls that you used to play with, you know, uh, in, in PE class in elementary school, the earth ball, you'd pass that thing around or whatever, kick it in the air. The gig- he started with one of those. He's like, That's, this is a good starting point. I'll just go here and then I'll just roll this one down the mountain. Very, very impressive work in a s- extremely short amount of time for this staff. And I'm, I look, I'm geeked up for tomorrow. I can't wait for tomorrow's show because during tomorrow's show is when we're going to start seeing some of these early commitments, these early signings coming through. They're going to start pumping them through at you know seven, eight o'clock in the morning, and we're going to start seeing some names popping in of guys who have signed their commitment to a scholarship at the University of Arizona to play for Jed Fish and the Wildcats. So. Uh, it's a very exciting day tomorrow. You won't want to miss tomorrow's show as we'll have live updates of things going on. We'll tell you all about the players that are signing, um, and we'll have a good time tomorrow. I'm really, really looking forward to that. Big, big uh, day of Arizona football tomorrow. Big day of Arizona basketball tomorrow, too, as the Wildcats, uh, the men's team, returns home to the McHale Center. We'll talk about some men's basketball and some women's basketball, some big news for them as well. That's next right here. You're listening to The Jeff Dean Show on ESPN Tucson.
0: Jeff Dean Show on ESPN Tucson is brought to you by Desert Diamond Casinos.
1: Desert Diamond is true Tucson.
0: Now back to the Jeff Dean Show on 1490 AM 1049 FM ESPN Tucson.
1: Welcome back here to the Jeff Dean Show. Talking some uh, U of A hoops here, both men's and women's. The uh, polls were released Yesterday, shortly after the show, as expected, you know it's always you know, we always always happens that way. The uh, men's basketball team moves up to the AP number eight ranking, and the coaches' number six poll, uh, number six on the coaches' poll, or uh, slash the uh, grad assistant poll. Coaches don't vote on those things. Maybe some coaches do, but uh, for the most part, it's a graduate assistant. Coaches can't be bothered with that kind of stuff. They got other things going on. They're very busy. Um, like I tweeted out yesterday, it it doesn't matter the AP ranking doesn't matter. The coaches poll ranking doesn't matter. The two things I look at when trying to assess the hierarchy of basketball teams in college is to look at the Ken Palm rankings on uh, KenPomroy.com or KenPom.com. And then the net rankings that the NCAA puts out and updates on a daily basis. Currently uh, looking at those two, Ken Palm ranking for Arizona is number seven in the country, which in the, again those move daily. And in the net, the Wildcats uh, men's team is number one in net ranking. Those are the two that I pay attention to. So if you're you know if you're kind of looking at you know where Arizona is, if you're someone that likes to uh, compare the team against other teams that uh, that are that are on you know, the country, I think it's safe to say that Arizona is a top five team as far as like a like a power ranking goes or something i guess uh to be number seven in ken palm and number one in net is very very strong and arizona has a lot of tests still coming up as uh, of course they play northern colorado tomorrow night at the McHale center and then cal baptist on saturday both of those teams i believe cal baptist is like 151 in ken palm but i think Northern Colorado is like 138 in Ken Palm, so they're not, you know, they're not 200 plus uh, type teams. These are these are you know pretty decent basketball teams, and I can tell you right now, and we'll talk about this probably on Friday. Cal Baptist has a, a basketball player; they got a freshman on their team that is special. Like he is a remarkably good basketball player. We'll talk about him uh, coming up later in the week as we prepare for that game. So the uh, the Wildcats, again, you know, the rankings, I, I, I couldn't care less about the AP. There's probably, if, if you look deep enough, there's probably votes for Arizona State on the, uh, on the AP poll because AP voters don't know the difference between Arizona and Arizona State. That's why I couldn't care less about AP polls or the AP voters, for that matter. So um, I look at people who actually, like, watch the games and pay attention. Benedict Matherin is awarded the uh, Pac-12 Player of the Week For the second consecutive week, which is incredible, Um, he's the first Pac-12 player since ASU's Trey Holder back in 2017 and 18 to receive that honor in consecutive weeks. And he's only the third player in Arizona history to be named the Pac-12 player of the week, Um, the last player to do that for Arizona. Was Hassan Adams back in the 2005-2006 season? So uh, a little bit of history being made here for the uh, for the Wildcats and for Benedict Matherin. During the last week in wins over Wyoming and Illinois, he averaged 27 points, eight and a half rebounds, and three assists. He shot 60% from the field, 50% from the beyond the beyond the arc, which is. Again, if he just if he continues to do that and again, he won't continue that torrid pace. Um, but if he can get anywhere near that and if they can get if, if they can get performances from him like that in big games, which Arizona has, and they, they do have some big games coming up at Tennessee, at USC, at UCLA. Um, the sky is the limit not only for this team, but for Benedict Matherin, who is now being considered obviously a front runner, For the Pac-12 Player of the Year, there are national outlets, uh, writers out there nationally that are recognizing Ben, although I jumped all over Jeff Goodman yesterday, or maybe it was the day before he released his top five players in college basketball, didn't have Benedict Matherin on there, so I told him, uh, you know, you got to remember our boy here in Tucson, Um, because there's a lot of good players in college basketball every year. This year is flooded with really good players. I, I, you, you can turn on the TV just about any game and watch a really good basketball player on at least one of the teams uh, that is playing. So uh, Benedict Matherin certainly right up there amongst the top uh, as far as that goes. I also I thought this was interesting. In, in looking back at the Illinois game um, You know this, this past weekend uh, when Arizona got the big win in Champaign, you know we talked about Kofi Coburn going 5 of 15 how Arizona played such great team defense against him and they really did and there were moments where he was just muscling Christian Coloco out of the way he just he would just bury you blow his sh- shoulder and just barrel right into to Christian there's nothing that Christian could do he's not 280 pounds of rock solid muscle and not able to hold his ground against a guy the likes of Kofi Coburn most people aren't. I mean, it's like having Shaquille O'Neal bash into you. I mean, he's just a he's just massive human being. It's difficult to, to, uh, uh, you know, to defend that. An interesting statistic was pointed out to me. I, I, look, I'm one of those people, and I know that not everybody subscribes to this. I do like looking at the plus-minus uh, player values for individual games. And not always does it matter there are plenty of times where you look at oh, a player's plus 6 it doesn't really matter to me until a player is over plus 10 okay when you, when you start getting plus double digits then you have to start looking at their effectiveness in the game now that will all go away because like let's just take a look at like the the Wyoming game okay Arizona won that game by 30 points everybody was plus 10 or more for Arizona They're, you just blow the team out it doesn't matter christian coloco against illinois was a plus eighteen for the game, plus eighteen, in a four point win, <laughs> plus eighteen in a four point win. Just think about that for a second, okay? His his statistics were not, you know, were not great um, in that game. And when I say not great, I mean in comparison to the games that he's had early on this season, where he has dominated games um, and and just put up huge numbers. So the numbers weren't astronomical. Arizona had to, you know, score from from outside the arc a lot and, and they were they were taking a lot of mid-range jumpers, and then of course in the fast breaks and things like that, Coloco's not going to be really involved in those. But a plus eighteen rating for a player in a game that, that team won by four points, and for the amount of minutes that he played and who he played against in most of those minutes is absolutely it's, it's astounding. And again, I, I've said this on the show before. He is the most improved Arizona player I have seen since Channing Fry was at Arizona under Lute Olson. I, I just, I have not seen a player improve themselves more drastically in the last 20 years than Christian Coloco. He, <laughs> the, the transformation that he has gone through, not only just physically, but mentally. Uh, his the maturity, the level of maturity that he has, his decision-making, his overall just basketball IQ and acumen, it, it's, it's night and day. <laughs> he is not the same person, not the same player that I saw walk onto that court for the first time two years ago. His improvement level has skyrocketed, and I am so proud of him. I, I couldn't be happier for the kid. He is he's one of the nicest kids ever, and I love his game. And he is going to continue to dominate the paint this year for the for the Pac-12 and for the Wildcats. They just, it's just what he does. <laughs> He's just so good defensively. Plus eighteen in a game they won by four, in a in a game that he played thirty minutes against Kofi Coburn. Absolutely incredible. All right, we're going to take a timeout. When we return. Adia Barnes and Arizona women's basketball got some big news yesterday, and it wasn't just an AP ranking moving into the top five for the first time in program history. That's next right here on ESPN Tucson. It's the Jeff Dean Show.
0: The Jeff Dean Show on ESPN Tucson is brought to you by Desert Diamond Casinos. Desert Diamond is true Tucson. Back to the Jeff Dean Show on 1490 AM, 1049 FM, ESPN Tucson.
1: looking over some of Christian Coloco's statistics from this year for the season just so good so so good looking forward to see, I'm I'm get, tomorrow's this whole week is exciting for me tomorrow's a ridiculously exciting day for me though early signing day for football and then tomorrow night I get to be back at McHale Center finally for the first time this season I haven't had a chance to watch this team play in in person yet I got to see them for the exhibition game but that's it. I haven't got to see them because I got you know tested positive for COVID the first, uh, second day of of November, and haven't been able to uh, to see the team play. I finally got cleared from the doctors to be able to go ahead and head down to Tucson and do my uh, do my announcing because it's it's there's a different you know a lot of more lung capacity is required when I do that, so I needed to make sure that the lungs were good and you know gotten over all the the sickness and everything. So I'm super excited to see the team play tomorrow night. I haven't even seen him yet, full in 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 full regalia. So very very excited for tomorrow, big day uh, for uh, Arizona Wildcats sports tomorrow, and for myself. Just throw that out there. Arizona women's basketball had a big day yesterday. First off, they found out that they had moved up into the top five of the AP rankings. Again, don't really care much about the uh, AP rankings or even at all, but it is nice to be able to look and see uh, that that the, the you know people across the country are recognizing how good you are. Arizona, who was preseason ranked 25, felt disrespected. They're now the number four team in the country, achieving their highest ever ranking in program history and uh, considered one of the favorites to make the Final Four as it stands right now, um, based on most people's assessment of this basketball team. Now, the season keeps rolling on, but the Barnes works you know, tirelessly, and her work is never done. Now, Arizona had already possessed the best recruiting class in its women's basketball's history. They had already had it uh, sealed up with Maya Naji, who's one of the highest-rated players um, in the entire country, let alone the the class for Arizona, also uh, alongside Kaylen Gilbert from IMG Academy in Florida, that's a huge, you know, if you're familiar with recruiting in high schools and stuff like that, IMG Academy in uh, Bradenton is it's it's as big as it gets. <laughs> uh and then Lamia Hilton from uh from Canada, she is you know, a Canadian standout. I, I was actually watching some film on her uh, this morning, just watched uh, a little bit of her gameplay. She's very smooth, very very smooth player. Um so that was their That was their their class before they announced another commitment yesterday when they got a verbal commitment from a five-star out of New York as Paris Clark uh, uh, pledges her verbal commitment to Adia Barnes and the women's basketball team. Now, Paris Clark is, as I mentioned, she's a five-star of the 2022 class. She's from New York. She's New York born and raised, you know, Born there, been playing there, living there her her entire life. She was already set to come all the way across the country to play for UCLA, but did not sign during the early signing period, which was last month. Now she has backed off of her commitment to UCLA and has given a verbal to Adia Barnes and the women's basketball team at Arizona. She is considered – By uh, by ESPN's recruiting class or ESPN's recruiting uh, service to be the number five guard in the country um, and the number twenty one overall recruit in the country, so essentially a top twenty recruit for Adia Barnes, just a a a massive massive verbal commitment for the uh, for the Wildcat class that was already the best one in women's basketball in that program's history. So again. Adia Barnes and, you know, and her staff taking Arizona women's basketball to new heights seemingly every day. It's like something new happens that has never happened in program history before uh, is being achieved by Adia Barnes and the uh, the staff and the team, of course, can't leave the players out. They're the ones out there, uh, you, you know, playing the round ball, putting the ball in the hoop, playing defense. And uh, and getting these dubs uh, for the program right now, and they're getting a lot of them. They've uh, you know won every game they've played this year, nine and zero, and they're going to be heading up to play at NAU this Friday before that uh, that little rematch against Texas, uh, who's a top ten team right now, um, in Las Vegas. So a little neutral site uh, battle for Arizona and Texas. That'll be a big one over the weekend. So looking forward to to that as well. So congratulations to uh, Dia Barnes and the women's basketball program, just continuing to achieve all new heights for the program, and again, the sky's the limit. And I, You know, I was talking to some fans. We had all kind of gathered. We all watched the uh, uh, the women's basketball game together. There was a um, there was a sports bar that I'm familiar with. I know the owner, and they love bringing Wildcats uh, in there. So the, the place was full of Wildcat fans watching the, the, the Arizona-Stanford game last year and was talking to some fans. You know, everybody's a little dejected after, but you know, everybody's very proud of the job that was done by the team. And I was talking to them, you know, to some people afterwards. We were just chit-chatting, a, you know, a group of us all kind of hanging around. And I said, you know what? I said, I get the feeling that it's not if this program wins a national championship, it's when. Arizona was supposed to take a a big step back this year, allegedly, by some of the so-called experts out there because of the loss of Aerie McDonald. That has not been the case. I mean, certainly the team misses Airy. You're, you're always going to miss a, a player that is that impactful on the game and is that good at what she does but uh, they haven't like they haven't dropped a step i mean they they've, they've now achieved the highest ranking in program history and that's after losing arguably the best player in program history a, th- a number 3 draft pick in the WNBA draft so it's again i i i've said it before and i've say it again it's not if it's when this program wins a national championship. Wouldn't that be something if both teams, the men's and the women's, get to a, an Elite Eight or even a Final Four this year or who knows, somewhere further? That will be a discussion for a later date, probably coming up in February and March of next year when we see really, you know, what these two programs are all about. But things are looking good. Things are looking great. Shouldn't say good. They're great. Adia Barnes is uh, cloud nine right now. Paris Clark five-star recruit making her verbal commitment to uh, to the women's basketball program. So, awesome awesome news there for that uh, for that program and uh, again, looking forward to uh, to what they can do. They start conference play coming up here in a couple of weeks. And um look, conference is is still loaded, but it's not as I don't think it's as competitive as it has been in years past. There's some really bad basketball being played in the Pac-12 both on the men's and the women's side. You look at some of the basketball being played by the men in the Pac-12. I mean, we just saw Oregon State. They're, what are they, 1-8 on the season right now? They're one of the worst teams in the country. Um, Washington looks really, really bad. Like, they just are all kinds of out of sorts. Arizona State is embarrassingly bad. Like, they talked so much about their recruiting class and the transfers that they got to come in, and, like, one guy has shown up this year. Like, one dude. And you know they're starting to talk about Bobby Hurley not being around after this season I wouldn't blame him I wouldn't want to be there either because no matter how hard you try you're always going to get squashed by Big Brother from Tucson always just the way it is you can't you you can't win you can't win in state you can't win in conference it's just it's just a a a, a no a, a, it's a no win situation and Bobby Hurley I you know I, I respect Bobby. I actually kind of like Bobby. I know that um, a lot of people hate Bobby, and that's fine. It's fun to hate on him. He's easy to hate on, right? Because he's so animated and angry all the time uh, on the sidelines. I know. I know some things about Bobby that have happened behind the scenes in regards to his relationship with Sean Miller, and earned a lot of my respect. And uh, uh, so I'm just going to leave it at that. But um, you know, he's he's he he's proven that he can recruit. And I think he's proven in certain situations that he can coach, but things just aren't working out well in Tempe. That, that team is embarrassingly bad. And then they they go up to Eugene and, and beat Oregon in overtime. To talk about a, a program that's playing bad right now. Dana Altman was asked in his press conference what the problem is, and he says everything's the problem. <laughs> like we don't defend, we don't shoot, we don't rebound, we don't listen. Uh, he's like we, we're just we're just a mess. So. <laughs> Things not going so well for Oregon right now either. It's it's basically the big three right now. It's Arizona, UCLA, USC leading the uh, leading the way, and everybody else. Washington State looks pretty good. Stanford's going to be okay. Colorado's always tough, especially at home. Other than that, mm, not too impressed with everything else that's going on in the Pac-12. So we'll uh, we'll continue to talk about that, of course, as we get closer to conference season, opening up for both men's and women's basketball programs all right we're going to take a time out when i return i'll put a big bright red shiny bow on today's edition of the jeff dean show that's next right here on espn tucson the
0: jeff dean show on espn tucson is brought to you by desert diamond casinos desert diamond is true tucson more of the jeff dean show on 1490 am 1049 fm espn tucson
1: Welcome back, final segment, today's edition of the Jeff Dean Show. Be sure to stay tuned to this afternoon, 3 to 6, for Spears and Ali. They will have some, uh, I'm sure there's going to be more developing news today. Um, We may get news of some verbal commitments for Arizona football, although I doubt it. Most of those will probably stay quiet until they sign tomorrow. They do their, you know, the kids will meet in the gym or whatever they want to do with the cameras and the local cameras and the media going to be there and family and friends going to be gathered around as they choose a hat or they put on a hoodie or whatever it is they want to do, they wear the gloves and, you know, do all the fun things. And look, this is, you know, this is a, a great moment in their lives. I would never, ever want to take things away, uh, moments away like this from these uh, from these young men. And I look forward to it. I always look forward to these types of uh, of days. S- signing day is always fun. It's always interesting to see what people do. I remember that, uh, that kid, the LSU kid uh, from several years ago when he, when he picked uh, when he, when he picked Florida, I think it was, and his mama got up and slapped him across the head and <laughs> there's oh there's been some really fun stuff so we'll uh, we'll keep an eye on things tomorrow of course we'll have live updates player by player as the signings occur as they will be pouring in tomorrow uh, hopefully early I you know I know a few guys that are going to sign right away They're, you know just you know because they just have to wait for the official clock to uh, to stop on the uh, on the early signing period now. I was just sent an email from the uh, from the U of A. They're going to be doing a 48 hour flash sale on basketball tickets for this Saturday's game against Cal Baptist. That game is going to be at four o'clock in the afternoon. Uh, games at four p.m. So right there in the middle of the middle of the afternoon, they are selling the lower level Zona Zoo section for that game to the fans. Uh, so this is your chance. If you don't have tickets, your chance to get. Uh, tickets to that game, and as I mentioned, Cal Baptist has a kid on their on their squad, a freshman. That I think he's averaging a triple double this year. He's got NBA future written all over him. He is he's an incredible basketball player. Uh, if, even if you just want to come see him play, that's fine too. But um, the 48 hour flash sale begins in about two minutes. You can go to uh, uh, go to uh, ArizonaWildcats.com. Buy your tickets there. Come and support the team because you never know when a potential Wildcat may be visiting McHale. Nudge, nudge, hint, hint, wink, wink. And we want a strong showing of fans there to show out for uh, for those potential recruits. All right. Well, that is going to wrap up a Fast and Furious version of the uh, Jeff Dean Show today. Wow, it's over already. Lots of uh, local, all local stuff today, and we try to keep things local here every day on uh, the Jeff Dean Show. Thanks to Mary back in the studio for all her hard work on today's show, and, of course, thanks to you guys for tuning in, and I will see you guys again tomorrow morning for a big, big day locally as Tucson's only local morning sports talk show right here from 7 to 9 on the Jeff Deep Show on 1490 AM, 104.9 FM, ESPN Tucson.